0: Never seen that?
1: No. <laughs> what? I missed it. Oh. Oh
0: my. I used to all the time in high school. I don't know why. I was that was my trend setting moment right
2: there. Wiping the corners free. of your mouth mm-hmm. and snapping.
1: <laughs> oh. right. That was my jam. Okay. I it, for I'm some not reason joking. in my head I totally picture like the Mean Girls movie or something and that all of them doing that. Snap! Like a bunch of teenage girls. I was not, I was not like a mean girl. No, not a mean girl, but like a group of, you know, high school girls. I did kind of have that.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I was pretty nice, though. I was pretty nice. That's good. Tammy would have slapped me upside
1: the head if I wasn't, so. You were a nice girl, not a mean girl.
0: Yeah, I think I was pretty nice. I mean, I wasn't 100% nice, but... Yeah, I'm I was think- <laughs> catfisher. It's
2: like 85%. Alicia's I the know. resident catfisher. Yep. That's yep. me.
1: That's me.
2: Wait, why <laughs> am I? Because you catfished people. I did? Yes! yes. <laughs> you
1: told us that story about how you kind of felt bad because you catfished somebody for like a long time and then, yeah. This
0: sounds kind of familiar. Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> She's acting like this is a new thing, and we talk about it quite often, actually. Really? <laughs> She's literally looking around like, uh-huh. Resident now I'm going,
0: what time fisher. are they talking about
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's why we said resident catfisher, because it's more than one catfish. <laughs> you caught a whole, a whole net of them. Of, yeah. <laughs> I, okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Okay. So, welcome to Pacific Northwest Weirdness. I'm Jen. I'm
2: Vanessa. <laughs> I'm
1: confused. <laughs> and she's Alicia. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, we gosh. hope you are enjoying our new season. Um, you guys have been so awesome with all the downloads and checking out our new TikToks that we've been putting out there for y'all. Um, <laughs> Vanessa's <laughs> laughing at me. Y'all just kind of pops in every y'all, once in a while. It did
0: when I was on my way to Missouri, too. Yeah. It really did. Well, if you
1: went through Texas, then I get it.
0: We started in New Mexico that day, went through Texas and into Oklahoma. And yeah, that's like y'all. We went through super quick. We only saw one longhorn. It was really sad. was so
2: sad. They're my I favorite. I know. No armadillos. What the heck?
0: yeah Texas no, I know it was disappointing North Texas you need to bring your a game next time get some
2: get some longhorns <laughs> get in there. How dare you yeah. get them longhorns <laughs> get those um
0: leprosy armadillos too
2: <laughs> I think they have arm-
0: leprosy just like koalas have syphilis. I'm pretty sure they have leprosy. <laughs> I'm getting oh all this from Holly, so I'm not really sure if what I'm saying oh is boy. accurate. So, if someone's okay. going to call me out on that, actually call out Holly
2: because yes. <laughs> I heard it from her, so I'm going to give the right If the, the information is inaccurate, take it up with Holly. Yeah. <laughs> and if it's right then you're welcome. Then
0: um, you're welcome. <laughs> oh, I wanted to mention one thing before I start cuz it's my turn this week. Yay. Yay. Um, but I wanted to mention the coffee thing. What? You know what I'm talking about? The coffee thing? Yes,
1: the coffee thing. You know. So, um, we mentioned it last episode also. Um, We set up a thing where it's called Buy Me a Coffee. And you can go on there and if you're like, gosh, we want to support these gals, (laughs) um, (laughs) you can donate, you know, even a buck or something. Because we really, really, we want to start getting more, or getting some at all we have had stickers made before but we want to get some more stuff made to give out to Mm y'all and um we you know we have to pay every month to do this and we're hoping to kind of do some on location um episodes and stuff so that would kind of help with and
0: i did bring something back from the trip so like when we do trips and stuff we may get little things and Maybe yeah. I'm out to y'all, so. Yeah. Now y'all. I'm yalling. Now I'm yalling. Y'all.
1: <laughs> so. But yes, as Alicia said, she is our episode maker tonight. Yep, episode <laughs> <That's> maker. <me. laughs> I still have a bit of concussion, so.
0: She's a little concussed. Yeah. So, that's all right. So, I'm going to tell you a little story, okay? <laughs> it. Is going to make some of you cringe. I'm going to give a little disclaimer right now. It's going to get a little cringy. guys. a little cringy. It's going to get a little cringy. But bear with me because it's it's a story that needs to be told. So here we go. In 2014, along a well-traveled road in Newburgh, Oregon, a man, desperate for a kidney, held a sign seeking a donor. He heard of a man willing to give him a kidney, but he declined the offer. Why would someone so desperate for a kidney adamantly decline this man's offer?
1: Are you asking us or is this a leaving it in the wind?
0: Well, if you think you know the answer, then by all means, <laughs> do
1: tell. Was this like somebody Jennifer. that was driving by that was like, hey, dude, I'll give you a kidney.
0: No, this guy was holding a sign saying he needed a kidney.
1: Yeah, but you said somebody was willing to donate.
0: Oh, yeah. nope. this was someone he had never met. Never in his whole entire life met. Total stranger.
1: Hmm. I don't know. If they didn't fit whatever he had in his brain of what he wanted. <laughs> I guess.
0: I don't know. I kind of feel like beggars can't be choosers, but I don't, I mean, yeah. it is his yeah. body. He can do whatever he wants. So here we go. <laughs> um, so to understand why I'm going to take you back a little farther to Iowa, which I know isn't Pacific Northwest, but bear with me, guys. <laughs> Uh, January 23rd, 1974 was the day a man named Christian Stewart was born to his teenage mother and her husband.
1: The teenage mother was married
0: already, huh? She was.
2: Wow.
0: Um, he was the oldest of two boys. Joy, his mom, divorced their dad when he was four because he was not only abusive to her, but she also started to abuse Christian.
1: She lost her joy.
0: She, yep. That's what
1: happened, right there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Uh,
0: she promptly married a man named Joe Longo. Uh, they worked together at a Target, and she converted from Roman Catholicism to Jehovah Witness with him. So they got married, and these Jehovah Witness came up to the door, and she was interested, and she brought it to him, and they both decided, yeah, this is what we want, so they joined together. Uh, Christian did not do well in school. He... <laughs> hacked their school... And I'm trying to think. So he's older than me, right? And here's this kid who didn't do good in school, and he's hacking into the system. I don't know about you, Jen, but I would not know how to hack into any system.
1: No. <laughs> I can't hack into my <laughs> own email. The
0: time. Right? I know. <laughs> I get locked out. It's horrible. <laughs> and so here's this kid, and he's like, oh, my grades suck. Let me hack into the system. And, but apparently he wasn't all that good at it because he did get caught. <laughs> and then his parents decided uh, that they were going to move to a new town and that they were going to homeschool him. So, someone that knew the family had this to say about it homeschooling inadequately prepared him for the world where there are others that are not like minded to himself and oh. his family. So, they completely just immerse themselves into this new religion of theirs, right? So, Christian never graduated from high school. And though he was smart enough to, um, he had an IQ of 130. So, a little bit above average.
1: What's average? 100. 100.
0: So, yeah, to put it in perspective, he's 130, average is 100. And always my level for genius, Ed Kemper, he was 145. So, he was... Closer to that end. Because
1: we all have a uh, gauge of intelligence from serial killers. Sure from serial
0: killers. <laughs> co- hey, it's, it's a no <laughs> fact. He
1: was. They had to be smart away with was brilliant. Many yeah, colors, right? right?
0: And I won't get into him. The story's not about him, but
1: <laughs> this is not so about my temper.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I can't talk about another serial killer. I'm on this one. All right. Okay. okay. All right. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, he decided instead of graduating high school, he was going to dedicate himself to the door to door work of the Jehovah's Witness. Uh, the Longo family taught their children that outside the church, the devil was awaiting. Oh, my So, yeah. Uh, Christian wasn't allowed to date even after he turned 18. Um, but Christian fell in love in the church parking lot with his future wife. Her name was Mary Jane Baker he was only 18, like 18 and a week and two days, I believe is what he said. <laughs> and his parents said, if you're going to date her, you are not going to live here. And he said, fine. So he moved out. He stayed with a friend for a couple of days until he was able to get um, an apartment to rent with a couple of other guys. So shortly after he moved out, uh, he asked her to marry him. And already he was Starting with the shady crap. He's just Oh no. <laughs> he um he was working at a camera shop in this mall by where they lived. And this guy came in and put a down payment on a camcorder. It was like 108, 109 bucks. Put the down payment. Now back in the I'm guessing this is probably early 90s. Back in the 90s, I would think, because it wasn't the Stone Age, that they would be like keeping a tally on how much money they were taking in. So, you would think if someone's stealing $100, they're going to know about it that night. Right? Yeah. Okay. Well, obviously, he wasn't as smart as the 130 IQ led to believe because he, that's exactly what he did. He took the money. So, then the next day, he was supposed to open and um, they had all gotten ringed that night because their till was low, right? So, the next day, he came in, he left the key, he left his two week notice, and he left a check from his account for $109. And he confessed to it. And he thought that that would be the end of it. Uh Uh-uh. They pulled him up on charges. (laughs) Really? For 100 bucks? They sure did. So anyway, but I'll get into that just a little bit later. Um, (laughs) He received 80 hours of community service for that when his boss turned him in. So even though (laughs) they were saying that even though he paid it back the very next day, like... He's still he's still got some community service to That's
2: do. That's harsh, yeah. Yeah. So he
0: <laughs> went home and he told Mary Jane about the embezzlement, but she assured him, <laughs> that she, <laughs> yeah, that she still wanted to marry him. Um, this is right before they got married. So he told her that he'd never lie to her or do anything like that again, which was probably the biggest lie of his life. So <laughs> um, he told the church about his offenses, and they told him that he would not be able to marry in the Kingdom Hall, which is where yeah. all the Jehovah Witnesses want to get married. Um, and that was a huge deal to both of them, even though they both had converted to the religion, it was super, super important to them. Um, but Mary Jane seemed to be okay with not being able to get married there. And on March 13th, 1993, they got married and Chris's parents, remember how they kicked him out because he wanted to date her? Well, they finally came around and they paid for them to go to Jamaica for their honeymoon. Oh, I know. Um, (laughs) Uh, Chris started working for a company called Publishers Circulation Fulfillment, which sounded really, really bizarre, but it's really not. I promise. Um, It's a company that handled the delivery for the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And he made decent money at it. Not great, but not bad for pretty much a paperboy, right? Um, The couple rented an apartment and the owner recalled Chris telling them that he worked for the New York Times, which... Was kind of shady, but it was kind of accurate. Also, it just like made him sound a little more important than he really was. Um, and during the nineties, Chris kept getting deeper into a financial hole. Um, he wasn't paying the rent, and he wasn't paying the credit cards. So, oh, man, yeah, um, he liked to think of himself as like this huge entrepreneurial photographer and he would buy like oodles of photography equipment every time he got paid and he also would take his wife on tropical vacations all the time and go down to mexico and jamaica and stuff yeah right yeah but i mean you kind of gotta pay your rent you know what i mean well you know be responsible people there is that the first moral of this story be responsible with your finances pay your rent people pay it Cause it's just going to keep coming back to bite you in the butt. <laughs> um, so shortly after that, their first child was born. His name was Zachary and he was born in February of 97. Remember these That's dates, days. The okay? <laughs> February oh, of
2: 97. Okay. An
0: um, Chris got a promotion and he used the extra money to pay rent. No, no, he did not. Um, he <laughs> bought a new car and a new pool table He needed the new pool table, obviously, because he just purchased a house from his in-laws because they were pregnant with their second kid. So he needed the pool table, obviously. Um, So their second child, who was their um, daughter, her name was Sadie, and she was born April of 1998. Dang. Yeah. Super close, right? Ah! I mean, my girls are close, but they're not that
2: close.
1: So wait, one was born in 97 was born in 98? Yeah.
2: February 97, April
0: 98. Dang. Holy moly. The poor mom. Um, hold on. It's just going to get worse.
2: <laughs> don't worry.
0: Um, So a day after Sadie was born, the company that Chris worked for sent him and a bunch of other managers to San Francisco because there was like some distribution, like TIFF
2: conference thing. Oh.
0: Like they were like, I don't know. They were kind like of stabbing site? all these managers in to kind of help with the delivery in San Francisco. I don't know. I don't remember it. I lived in that area, but I was a kid and I didn't care about the newspaper. So I don't really yeah, remember. Right. <laughs> um, so anyway, he didn't want to go because his wife literally just gave birth the day before. And they're like, you got to go. So then he left and he was all pissed about it, which I don't blame him. That would suck. Yeah. Especially when you're leaving your wife there with a one-year-old and a newborn. <laughs> like,
2: what? Yeah, that, that sounds That awful. sucks for her
0: a lot. So, um... So he was there for about a week, and then they started sending people home, but they were going to keep him there, and he got pissed off. This is his side of the story, okay? Okay. He got pissed off about it and didn't want to be away from the family anymore, and so he up and quit and went back to Iowa or Michigan, wherever they were living at the time. Um, We're not 100% sure that that's actually how it went down or if he got fired, but there you go. One way or another, he's not doing that. One way way or another, he's out of there. He's no longer going to be able to use I work for the New York Times. On his resume.
2: Um,
0: So he got a job at this fireplace and spa company. I don't know how those two go together, but I kind of see that a lot. Oh my gosh!
1: Yes! We needed to look for a stove for our house. And we went to... Like, it's called, like, classic pool and spa or something. And I asked Corey, I'm like, why are we going to look for fireplaces when you could, like, see hot tubs and stuff, like, in the window? Yeah. But apparently that's a thing. They have hot tubs, they have pool stuff, and they have fireplaces. It's very odd. Well, let's tell Corey that we need a hot tub and a fireplace outside. Oh, I already tried. I tried.
0: (sighs) And he wasn't falling for it? No. Ugh.
1: That sucks. Yeah.
0: He's ruining all our hopes Come and dreams. Come on, no. Corey. Come on, Corey.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so anyway, he went to work for this company, and he worked for straight commission, which I don't know if y'all have ever worked for commission. I have not, because that's not my jam. But it sounds awful.
2: I kind of do for Sensei. Oh, yeah. That's true. Actually, I don't kind of. I actually do. Yeah. That's what I that's do for Sensei is
0: commission. But it's not like your main job. It's daughter, not my you main have source of it. no. <laughs> you have to, yeah, that would be rough. Um, but you know what? Going door to door with the church, it probably made him pretty charismatic. Yeah. So he probably had a an easier go of it than
2: I would be like, hi, um... Mm, I don't mean to to bother you.
0: I'm just (laughs) going to go.
2: I don't want to. I'm sorry.
0: Is this a good time? No, that's fine. (laughs) My bad. My bad. I'm out. Um, Yeah, he probably wasn't selling a whole lot that way. Um, So anyway, he, even though he was making way less than he previously had been and what they told him he would be making, um, he ended up taking out a personal loan for a Bombardier jet ski and he financed Damn. a new Dodge Durango. Dang! And on top of all that, Mary Jo was pregnant again for the oh third my time. Gosh. Keep it in your pants, sir. My goodness, seriously.
2: So their <laughs> or second figure daughter. Figure out how to wrap it up yes. or something. <laughs> A nice <laughs> little bow.
0: Um, so their second daughter, Madison, she was born prematurely and she was having some health issues. She was in the hospital for a month, um, but she was born on October nineteenth, nineteen ninety nine. This poor every October, year. Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. Hard pass. Yeah. So she was still in the hospital when her car was repossessed. Oh. Because Chris made sure that he paid for his car because he needed it for work.
1: But he didn't for yeah, hers. like little mama didn't need it with our three babies. She sure
0: didn't. Stay home and take care of the kids, lady. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Chris's concern wasn't that they had fallen so far behind in their finances, uh, <laughs> but that his neighbors had seen the tow truck come and repo his vehicle. That's that was his concern. Yes, that was his concern because everything with him was very like, how does it look? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Appearance was everything to this guy. Oy. Um, so, in 2000, Chris started his own company. When he was working for the spa and fireplace place, he worked with <laughs> a lot of like contractors to get the new fireplaces in these mm-hmm. places. Yeah, <laughs> There's so many places. Um, and so, he noticed that in construction, like, when you sell the house and stuff, and you go to present it, you have to clean it, like, top to bottom. So, yeah. it's like, Lovely looking. So he saw a need for that. So he was like, hey, I'll start this company. It'll be great. Which, you know, his new business took off. And he had to hire employees to help. And contractors, I guess, are kind of known for paying their so- subcontractors, like, late. Yeah. They're not super great about paying on time. Um, but he needed to pay his employees and his new Durango. <laughs> Dang. I've always heard they're a piece of crap, but after doing research for this, no way in my wildest dreams would I ever own a Durango, (laughs) or in my wildest nightmares, I should say, because his Durango, brand new Durango, broke down, and it would take thousands of dollars to fix it, so no thanks, Um, but that didn't slow down his spending at all, because why would it? Um, He promised Mary Jane a brand new car. Uh, She had no clue that money wasn't coming in, as far as we could tell. Uh, Chris used his nice new computer and printer, of course, top of the line, to make a
1: fake license.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, geez. Uh, so he test drove a Pontiac Montana mini- minivan.
1: Wait, a fake license? He didn't have a license? Well, he did. But he didn't want it to have his name on it. Oh, oh, oh I get it. Okay. okay.
0: So he went and he forged the license and he handed them the license to take a picture or to take a copy of it. And they handed him the keys and just let him, you know, drive it around for the test drive. Well, he drove it home (laughs) (laughs) and never went back. Uh, So in Michigan, where they were living, um, if you had vanity plates, they weren't connected to any certain vehicle of yours. They were just in your name. So what he did was he took the Durango and was like, I want to get vanity plates for my Durango. Yeah, And so he got the vanity plate kid van for the Durango, air quotes there, people. (laughs) And then when they came in, he left his old ones on the Durango and put the new ones on this stolen vehicle. And if they ever got pulled over at their vanity plates, they don't, they're not connected to any vehicle. So they'd just be like, oh, yeah, this must be their vehicle with their vanity plates on it. Oh, my God. I know. Super shady. But also... smart yeah you know i mean (laughs) there's that 130 again um so anyway he his biggest contractor that he had was wexford builders and that was the largest account and even though they didn't start or they did start paying him finally for the subcontracting job it wasn't all the money that he said was owed to him so he forged checks in their name (laughs) And the oh checks gosh. were deposited, and nobody knew for a little bit of How time How did they there. get
1: their checkbook?
0: Well, they had started paying him, but they hadn't caught up on it. So he just, like, copied the check that they had given him and filled in new information on it and then printed it out and then took it to the bank, and they had no clue. No clue. Yeah. Um, so until July 2000, when detectives brought Chris into the station about the forged ch- checks, nobody knew anything about it. So he had been doing it for a little bit. Um, he told them the truth, totally fessed up to everything, but the police wanted his computer and all the equipment to make these checks. And then he kind of freaked out about that. He didn't want to give up that because that was kind of his livelihood at this point. Um, but, Finally, Mary Jane came down to bail him. His bail was set at a hundred dollars for forging checks. (laughs) And I read you can get fourteen years for one forged check, and he did like seven. So, a hundred dollars bail—like, who likes this guy so much? Why are they setting his bail so low?
2: Well, like you said, he's charismatic, probably from going door to door for so long, and he he didn't have any priors. Yeah. That's true. What <laughs> he didn't kill anyone. He didn't kill
0: anyone yet, and nobody knew that he stole the minivan. Yeah. So he's yeah. just getting away with stuff left and right, guys. This is ridiculous. So anyway, she brought all the stuff down to the station. She got her husband back. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, after hearing all this stuff, and he keeps telling her all this stuff, I don't. I might be like, I'll keep the computer and the printer. You can keep him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I can figure this out. It's great. Um, also. His wife had just found out that he was having an affair with a woman at their church. Oh, Ooh. my and she's goodness. still like, "Yeah, no, I'll come down for him." Right? I don't I'd know. even like
2: keep him and the computer and the printer. Just keep all of it. Yeah, yeah, done. I'll take the kids, set the house on
0: fire as I leave town. Cool. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> there we go. Um, so the leaders of their church found out about the forgeries and found out about the affair, and they shunned him from church. So he was, like, excommunicated from their church. And nobody in the church was allowed to talk to him anymore. So that's his mom, his dad, his brother. That happens still? I guess. What? As of the 90s. His brother, none of her family, but he's married to someone who was in the church. So she kept going to the meetings and everything. But she was really kind of torn in this, like, really awful Did she know he
1: was having the affair?
0: Yeah, she found out. Yeah. And she still wants to talk to him? Uh, We'll get into that in a little bit. Okay. So Chris pleaded guilty to forgery. This was a weird charge I had never heard of.
2: Uttering and
0: publishing. Can you look that one up? What is uttering?
2: Uttering and publishing? Yeah. U-T-T-E-R?
0: U-T-T-E-R-I-N-G. Uttering and publishing.
2: Okay, I'm on it. All right, thank you.
0: Uh, He was sentenced to (laughs) three years probation Wow. Which, that's crap, because he could have gotten 14 years for every single one of those checks. Whatever. Yeah. And then he also had to pay $29,868 <gasps> in restitution.
1: 29000 Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But still, he's a free man. He didn't even have to go to jail. Um, but where is he going to get
0: 29000 I don't know. The guy has no money. The guy's kind of a loser. Yeah. Okay. He
2: really is. Oh, what's that ring? Uh, the offense of uttering and publishing occurs when a person offers as true an instrument like a check, record, deed, or uh-huh. other writing that is false, forged, altered, or counterfeited with the intent to defraud others. That
0: makes so that sense. Is, so how's that different than forgery?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Right. Well, there's probably the physical act of forging it and then the okay. Oh, and then the right. using the and forgery the using of the forge. to... Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: All right,
0: that makes sense. We did coach in. I don't know.
1: That <laughs> might be cool. Like it. No, I
2: think that makes sense. <laughs> that does like make the forgeries, sense. the actually doing it, and then yeah, the uttering and whatever publishing <laughs> uttering is and publishing using the forgery <laughs> to yeah. defraud. Ouch! Purposely using it. Yeah. Knowingly using it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: So. Not only did he owe this $29,800 blah, 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 blah dollars, right? Mm-hmm. But he also owed his employees that he had to pay back because oh, yes. he didn't pay them, right? Um, and he also had to pay back his business line of credit, which was $100,000. And he had maxed it out. Oh. Ouch. Yeah. But he had zero money. so, <laughs> um, So what do you think he did?
1: Of course, he had to go and forge again, right? Oh, I was like, he asked for a kidney. (laughs) (laughs) No, but that's good. We have not
0: gotten back to the kidney yet. Um, (laughs) This time, he forged his stepdad's signature on a (gasps) credit card. Oh crap! Um, But did he use his credit card to pay off any of his debt? Of course not. That'd be dumb, right? Uh, He bought scuba gear and scuba (laughs) lessons. Oh my gosh! (laughs) Oh. I don't. Yeah. This, this
1: man.
0: guy. Scuba don't, dooba don't. Scuba dooba don't. That's beautiful. <laughs> and so poetic. Way to go, Jen. <laughs> uh, he also bought Mary Jane laser eye surgery. to oh, correct nice okay. to the fella. So sweet. What, what a gentleman. Um, and then his parents found out about the scam <laughs> and brought Chris up on charges. Um, so Chris and Mary Jane sold the house, packed up all three of the children and the minivan and rented out a warehouse um, in Toledo, Ohio for $1,700 a month. Now, this lady who rented it out to them was so desperate to rent out this warehouse that she didn't ask for any, like, prior rental history. Didn't ask who they were. Anything. Cash. Great. Sounds good. Here's the keys. Like, dang, yeah. Um, so he was already thinking of a new business to start because he had to get money somewhere, right? And he never graduated high school, so what's he gonna do? Okay. Um, <laughs> it had been speculated that Mary Jane knew what he was doing, but that's still pretty unclear. Uh, the church lays it out for the wives that they must obey their husbands, and she was a devout member, so they're not Ooh. sure if like she knew about it and she Dang. was like, "I got to go along with it," or she just didn't even know. Because
1: even after she he did that to using her father's name, well, she and no, maybe- that was his stepdad. But still. Oh, oh, oh. But still. I you said father-in-law.
0: I may have, but I meant stepdad. No, you
1: said stepdad. Did okay.
0: I? Okay, cool.
2: I'm pretty sure you said stepdad. Mm. I heard stepdad.
0: Thank I none of us are 100% sure about <laughs>
2: It's
1: all good. A <laughs> good thing is being recorded. It'll be fine.
0: Um, Holly, this one's for you. It'll come out in the shower. Um. <laughs> So what? I'll tell you later. Um, so Chris started selling stolen equipment, like contracting equipment and stuff like that. Um, and other stuff, boats, trailers, anything he could get his hands on. Um, he started selling out of the warehouse he was living out of with his children and his wife. And there was no bathroom in this warehouse. There was no kitchen in this warehouse. I do not know how they were living in this warehouse. Yeah. But do, um, so this guy came to look at this piece of equipment that he was selling for $5,000 and the guy knew it was worth like 25,000 easy. And he was like, this is shady. So he called the police when he left and he told them and the police came and he was like, Oh no, I've got the documents, but we just moved and I'll just find them. And I'll bring them later to you today. Well, with his charismatic charm, the police was like, yeah, sure. No problem. But then the police started thinking about it and they had gotten like the little serial number for it. So they called up the company, found out, who they had sold it to and went to that company and they were like, yeah, it went missing like two months ago, but we just never filed a missing report on it. Yeah. So then the police like hauled ass back to the warehouse and they were already gone. Dang.
2: Whoa!
0: Yeah. He knew he'd done messed
2: up. This is a hustle, oh.
0: man. I know. That's why there's so many pages. <laughs> this guy's <laughs> exhausting. <laughs> yeah. Exhausting. Um so September 12th, 2001. I'm sure most of us remember where we were that day.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um.
0: Well, the Longos ended up in, and I'm probably going to murder this Oregon town, and I'm real sorry if you're from there. Please help me. But, um, YAHOTS? Yeah,
1: yeah. What? YAHOTS? Yeah, YAHOTS? Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here I go pronouncing things right. It's crazy. Anyway, so they, they came there and it's not too far from Newport, right on the beautiful on the coast, Oregon yeah. coast. Which I haven't been to Yachts, but I have been to Newport, and it's lovely. Um, they rented a three bedroom vacation rental for two hundred dollar deposit and one ninety a week. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Which Dang. Doesn't That's sound too street. bad, right? No. Doesn't sound too bad. Three bedroom, beautiful. Um, and it was in Waldport. hmm. Uh-huh. Um, and it was just thirteen minutes up the coast from Yachts. Where did they get these names? They're very hard to say.
2: Native. Who a lot else? of
0: them are Native yeah. American. A
2: lot of them are Native. That makes
0: sense. Then. Yeah. I always think of that in Washington, but no, Oregon, too. Yeah.
2: yeah. All right. Um.
0: So it didn't last very long. It lasted like a couple of weeks. He wasn't able to pay the rent, so they kicked him out. <laughs> yeah. So they're not sure how it happened because of circumstances that I will get into later. But they're not sure if he just decided to go straight or... If his wife had talked to him about it, knowing how timid she was, I'm not sure she would have talked to him about going straight, but what do I know? Um, he ended up going to a Fred Meyer and he applied for a job as a barista um, at their in-house Starbucks, mm-hmm. which I'm sure to him probably felt horrible because, you know, he everything was appearance and he didn't want to yeah. be a barista at a Starbucks and have three children and be in his 30s. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, he ended up getting the job and they started him out and he was, um, like part-time, but then he quickly went to full-time. Uh, he went to the landing condominiums and rented a one bedroom for $1,200 a month, which sounded uh, pretty sucky, but it's right there on the beach. so yeah.
2: Um,
0: he knew he couldn't afford it, but that's how he was. He was always overspending. So it's not a big surprise. Um, soon, he realized that it was his family that was really the financial problem and not him. And that they, they were using up all of his money. So between November 16th, when he got off work and November 17th, Chris went back to the condominium and strangled Mary Jane and their youngest daughter, two year old Madison. He stuffed them into suitcases and drop them into the water at the Embarcadero <gasps> Marina right next to their condo. Oh right my next gosh. to the condo. Where's the other kids? We're getting there. So then he goes back to the condo and he puts Zachary and Sadie into the minivan and he drove about 16 miles south to this bridge. It crosses under the Lynn Slough. Oh. Or crosses over. Not under. Bridges go over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. My bad. Bridges um, do go over. Yeah. If they went under, that'd be messy and cold. So that's in Waldport. And he tied pillowcases full of rocks around Zachary's <gasps> ankles and around Sadie's ankles and threw them over the bridge. Oh,
2: poor baby.
0: When the medical examiner examined both of the children, he said that they were both alive when they were thrown Oh. In. Oh, what a horrible way to die. Yeah. And they were only three and four oh. years old. Yep. A few days later, he drove to Wilsonville, which I'm sure everyone needs to know that that's where my vet is, is in Wilsonville. <laughs> so I know very well where Wilsonville is. Um, this is, to me, the most bizarre, bizarre, not awful, but most bizarre part of the whole entire story. So here we go. <laughs> He drives to Wilsonville and he parks the van in the lot of a Dodge dealership. It's a Pontiac. Okay. Drops it off at a Dodge dealership, takes the vanity plates off and walks into the showroom. He sees this green Durango that's on the showroom floor. Yeah. And he looks in and they got the keys in it. He hops in it, starts it up and starts driving it towards the front of the showroom. Well, these doors that they have automatically go up when one of the cars tries to go through People just think he's taking it for a test drive. He's stealing it. <laughs>
2: oh, but my But they think gosh. he's taking it
0: for a test drive. They don't realize until the next day that that car never came back. Oh, my god! They go out into the dealership and find the Pontiac minivan with no plates. So then they call the cops. What the heck? Is that not the most bonkers thing of... I mean, this whole entire thing is Crazy. But that, to me, I was like, no, no, no. Oh this, is <laughs> this is too much. This is too much at this point. Um. So after all of this, he actually stayed in town and worked two more shifts the next two days at the Starbucks before he fled the area.
1: What an evil bastard. Yeah. Seriously.
0: Um. On December 19th, Zachary's body was found floating in the water near a local mm. mobile home park. And they tried to match him to any missing boys that they had gotten but they couldn't find any matching so they had an artist draw a rendition of him a rendition of him Mm -hmm. is that right okay yeah um and they put it all over the news media i didn't live here during that time do you remember any of this
1: yes you do part yes okay i do all right yeah
0: um So there's, they put this picture up and this lady who worked with Chris at that Starbucks recognized him because she had just babysat his kids (gasps) so him and his wife could go to the movies. So she called up the FBI and she's like, I know who that kid is. I babysat him. I know who he is. She told him who they were. They go to the condos because he had rented the condo in his actual name. Hmm. He did everything in his actual name except steal that minivan. They're not sure why, (laughs) but anyway, so they get there. Everything's completely cleared out. He had told one of his neighbors that he had taken his family to the airport and they were going back to go see family in Michigan. But then he told the uh, manager at the condo that his wife had left him. So he would never told anyone that he was leaving. So when they got in there and nothing was there, they were kind of surprised. Um, so the police ended up sending divers down to find out, like, was, did they accidentally drive off the bridge? Like, oh, yeah. what happened? They found the pillowcase that let loose, and then that's when they found Sadie. Mm. Um, so it was quite a few more days until Madison and Mary Jane were found. Some people say that they were found because Mary Jane's family was pressuring the police to go out and look. Because they they just knew she was dead. And they were pressuring them. And then another story is that a pipe burst underneath where the docks were. And so they went down to the fix it and they found the suitcases. Either way, they were found there. um, I believe it was like December 29th or something like that. So Chris had fled and he had gone south to San Francisco and he thought about staying there. He even went into a Starbucks and applied for a job. And, but he decided he didn't want to stay there. So Starbucks called the other Starbucks that he already worked at for a reference. And he worked there in his name. And all this stuff is happening back up in Oregon. San Francisco's calling. Hey, do you know this guy? And they're like, yeah, we do. They tell that Starbucks what's going on. The FBI come to that Starbucks and they tell him, send him an email. Tell him you want to bring him in for an interview. Well, they did. But he had already left San Francisco. Oh, dang it. I know. So he had already left. He never answered them. So he was put on the FBI's ten most wanted list. And when I heard that, I was like, "So who'd he bump off?" I didn't look it up. I'd love to know who he bumped <laughs> off because I'm sure that dude also deserved to be on it. But um, he is on the ten most wanted list. Um, he was also on the TV show America's Most Wanted. And a $50,000 reward was offered for information leading to his arrest. So he ended up getting a flight in in his actual name in San Francisco to Cancun. Jeez
2: so he boys. gets
0: on, goes to Cancun. He's trying to make some money down there. He can't seem to make money. But he does meet a girl from Germany who's a photographer. And her name is, I'm probably going to say this wrong, but Janina and she was a photojournalist, and he told her that his name was Michael Finkel. Now, if this <laughs> sounds familiar...
1: Why would you Michael choose Finkel? that?
0: I'm going to tell you. So if this sounds familiar, there is a movie that is out there with um, one of my favorite actors, <laughs> uh, James Franco, who I love and adore, um, and Jonah Hill. And it is very, very, very loosely Pineapple based Express. on this story. Huh?
2: Pineapple
0: Express? No. No, oh. <laughs> Not that one. Isn't that about them getting high? <laughs> I don't know. I watched it once, but it was bad. I was just trying was to think of
2: James Franco oh. movies. Yeah.
0: No. Anyway, go on. This is super, super loosely based on the story, but the reason why he picked the name Michael Finkel is because... There is an actual guy named Michael Finkel, and he was a reporter for the New York Times. Remember when Chris had loosely worked for the New York Times? Yeah. Well, he started reading his work, and he fantasized about being a traveling writer, like this Michael Finkel was. So now he's traveling, and he takes on this actual guy's name. This
2: travel writer name.
0: Yeah. So Chris started up this romantic relationship with Janina, and... um. After America's Most Wanted aired on January 12th, 2002, people started calling the FBI like crazy, saying that they had seen him in a hostel in Cancun. So the police in Cancun got a tip that he was at this campsite and rushed to track him down. And they apprehended him at gunpoint, pulling him out of like this hut that he was staying in with Janina. Um, Chris admitted who he was. And the reason why he admitted right away who he was, was that he didn't want to spend any time in a Mexican jail. So he deserved it. He shut up. I know. But he did not spend one day in a Mexican jail. Um The FBI took custody of him once he was escorted to the country line. So the federales escorted him <laughs> half the way. FBI grabbed him, said, thank you. Thank you. And took him away back up here to Oregon to stand trial. Okay. So Christian Longo was found guilty of first degree murder for Zachary and Sadie. And was sentenced to death for all four murders. They didn't say what else, what he was charged with for the other two that were in the suitcase. But mm. he got first degree for the other two months. Um, but there's a memorandum on the death sentence in Oregon that started in 2011. And so he'll probably never be put to death, but he'll stay the rest of his life in jail.
1: Well, good. Be- being put to death is too easy for him. Yeah. Like, yeah. no, burn in hell, he can just but suffer. after you suffer. He can
0: just suffer there in jail. Hopefully he's
1: somebody's bitch a lot.
0: Yeah. You know, I normally <laughs> look up to see what jail they're in, and I forgot. I think it's just the Oregon Penitentiary or some, like, Oregon generic jail. I don't know. But that's where he lives, and he'll probably stay there the rest Wait, of the day.
1: Wait, what about the kidney? Oh, so
0: that the guy who d- was going to donate <laughs> the kidney is Christian Longo. That's why the guy was like, nah. I don't want that murderer's kidney. Uh, dang. I know. Ooh. The morals on this guy who needs a kidney are outstanding. And I hope you Seriously. found a kidney, sir. I hope you found a kidney.
1: But yeah. Oh, the Michael now Finkel you say thing. It, I'm like, oh yeah, Christian Longo. I completely yeah. remember all of that. Yeah.
0: Um, the kid, the, not the kidney thing. The Michael Finkel thing. Like he, for a while, thought that Longo was like telling him the truth, that he didn't actually kill him. Because part of the reason... What this was his defense. I didn't write this down, so I'm hopefully I'm getting it right from what I remember reading. But his defense was that he came home and his wife had snapped and strangled all the children, and then he, in rage he strangled her. But then he realized that the youngest hadn't actually died, so he strangled her first so she wouldn't have to be in any more pain, and then he got rid of all the bodies.
1: What? And this is why he well, to Well, that jail, doesn't folks. work when it's proven that they were alive when they hit the freaking yeah. water. exactly. <laughs> yeah,
0: this guy, I mean, for having an IQ of 130, come on, guy, let's get a little smarter. I mean, I'm glad you're not smarter. That's great, because now you're in jail, so there it's you go. It's falling apart here, sir. The, his whole entire life was just falling apart from the very beginning. Like, I don't, it was just a snowball effect. Yeah. You know, spiraling out of control, like... Insane. I actually don't remember this story, which oh. I'm kind of surprised because, I mean,
1: yeah, this was huge.
0: This was going huge. on o no. two, o two. I was having my oldest child, so that was when he went to court for it all. You yeah, think I, I remember? I was busy with when a when all
1: this happened, and yeah, it was.
0: I was busy with a newborn, so. And listening to Lacey Peterson, because I live down there.
1: (laughs) I was was in Carson
0: 01. Isn't that insane? All the murders with babies when you're pregnant. Like, why? People, can we not? Can we just let sleeping babies lie? just. Jeez Louise. But anyway, so there's the story of Christian Longo. I know that there was a story not too long ago, and I think they did a, I almost said a Facebook special. That's not it. Netflix special (laughs) on a dude who also committed family side. Family side, family. Anyway, however you say it, where they kill their whole family. Do you remember that one? It was on there, and I was like, "What in the world?" And then I started looking into it, and here, lo and behold, there's one in our backyard. So, there you guys go. Crazy.
1: Boo. Boo. Christian Longo. (laughs) Like I said, I hope he's somebody's bitch a lot. (laughs) Yep. So. Wow. Alrighty. That was a lot. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Jen had to take
0: a moment there to pet the dog that's at her feet. So yeah. there was a long pause because she always wraps things up. So then Vanessa yeah. and I are just staring at each other and then
1: looking at her like, this is all I we got, girl. I to pet my dog for a second. I know. Yeah. I don't do well with the children involved, devil. Devil stories. I was just. Basically. I mean, <laughs> basically. Well, I looked down. We try to write things that people say during um, our recordings to put into our things, and the very first thing I wrote was, "The devil was awaiting." The and devil I'm was like, "Oh boy, the devil, so where's was the devil waiting? Waiting for sure." Yeah. Yep. So. Yep, yep. All right, that wraps up another episode of Pacific Northwest Weirdness. We hope that you guys have a fabulous rest of your week, and we will catch you next Wednesday.
0: Bye! Bye.